you know, I think that there's this misconception out there, and and I don't, I don't, I mean, it's not malicious um, by 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 no stretch of the imagination, but 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 I do think that there is kind of this false conception or perception out there that, hey, you were you know a leader in the special operations world for a long time, you know, you're gonna you've had all, all these experience, you have all this leadership training that you're going to go out into the corporate world and smash it right away. Everyone's you're going to throw out your resume and everyone's going to, you know, want to hire you. Yeah. And um honestly like that is that's the mindset that I went into the labor force with. I threw my resume out there and I was like, okay, I'm going to get all these bites. And uh you know, for me, I went through the Special Operators Transition Foundation. I, I think you you went through the Honor Foundation, yeah. right? And and I and actually Bill Kiefer uh, yeah. lives right by me. And so we, we talk quite a bit. Um, and, and he's helped me mentor me through kind of this transition, you know, into the professional world. But I, I didn't, you know, I, I didn't even think about an MBA. I didn't think about, you know, some professional certifications like, like uh, Six Sigma and, you know, uh, PMP and all that stuff. Um, because I thought that well, you know, I'm, I'm a leader. I've been, you know, what am I going to do when I get out? Well, I'm going to be a leader. Right. That's what I'm gonna do. Welcome to the Leading with Vulnerability podcast. I'm your host, Yuma Barnett. And today our guest is David White. And uh, I've known Dave, David for a long time now. I first met him when I went through my second Ranger selection to become a platoon sergeant. And he was the guy running us at a breakneck pace all around Fort Benning. And then uh, we got to serve together at 175 and then again together at 375 as first sergeants. And uh, Dave had that unfortunate path that happens to some. The, the body said it was time to exit service and he ended up medically discharging a, a couple years ago, I guess, already now, which is unbelievable to me. And we'll, we'll get into that. And Dave also, congratulations, just uh, finished up his executive MBA with the uh, Ohio State University, which is amazing. And uh, we'll, we'll talk about some of that stuff too. But I'll pass it off to Dave, let him introduce himself, and uh, we'll get into the into the show. Yeah, thanks, you. It is nuts how time flies, right? I mean, uh, so I retired in December 2020, which I can't believe already. It's, wow. You know, April of 2022 or May even. Yeah. Um, but yeah, thanks, Yuma. Um, yeah, super excited to be uh, on your show. I love it. I think the, the content is, is so cool. Um, and I think it's a really great platform, uh, you know, for, uh, you know, your guests to just talk their experiences and share kind of, I think ultimately it's all about, you know, how can we give back by sharing our experiences so either uh one the younger generation or or, you know for that matter guys you know like us that are going through it now um can either learn from what we did right or (laughs) learn not to do yeah exactly what we did wrong right i mean i think uh and i so i love your show uh because of that i just think it's 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 such a great platform yeah very honored to, to to be on it with you and look forward to the discussion yeah, uh, yeah, I appreciate you taking the time. And I think you say something there that learning from experiences, right? And uh, I've noticed since I've transitioned out, I've kind of missed that where people would able to look at me and learn from either what I was doing right or what I was doing wrong. And I think a lot of veterans, they get away from that and they there's kind of a void there of giving back and helping, you know, 
help the next generation and that teach coach and mentor just kind of stops that day you leave the service in, in that capacity. So this has been a way for me to do it. And I know the, the guests have come on and had the same, same reaction. So are you, you're originally from Ohio. Is that right? Yeah. So, um, so I grew up in Toledo, uh, joined the army in 2003. Um, and interestingly enough, so I live right now in Huron, which is about an hour from Toledo, right in between Toledo and Cleveland, right there on the lake. Uh, which is nice. It's, uh, you know, we love it. But my wife is from around this area, and but we met in Georgia playing soccer. Oh, wow, yeah. I mean, it was like one of those, um, you know, once in a lifetime, you know, what are the chances kind of things. So she went to Alabama for college, and then after school, she, you know, randomly applied to a job in Columbus, Georgia, and um, she was like, I'll never date an Army guy because, <laughs> you know, she was seeing all the airborne, you know, the airborne, uh students in the bars and stuff yeah. and she was like i'll never date an army guy and you know here she is uh married to one for uh over 10 years yeah. now so um, that's the famous last words of a lot of 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 young college ladies all over the uh all over the country right yeah. i know for sure yeah so yeah so when uh you know i had always said to my wife uh hey when i get out we'll go wherever you want to go and so we ended up here um which i love I'm glad, you know, I said that. I feel, I feel like kind of secretly in my mind, I was like, well, I love where you're from. And so I'll yeah. say that and it'll be kind of your choice. Right. right? Yeah. Yeah. That's but good. Ultimately, I would love to end up there anyway. Um, but yeah, so I so grew up in Ohio and then, you know, made it back uh, about a year ago, a little bit over a year ago. Yeah, that that's that's awesome. And then so we'll get straight into the question that, you know, the, the reason for the podcast to kick it off and then get farther in it. What is vulnerability? What's your definition of it? Was it, was it mean to you? So I think, um, I think that's, that, that's, I, I love, again, I, I, lo I love like the reason for your podcast, you know, to me, vulnerability is not being afraid to show other people what you don't know yeah, and, or you're not good at. Right. And I think, um, that's tough in an ultra alpha male environment, you know, in their age regiment. But, um, but I, but I also think that's how you, you, you know, that's, that's how you inspire innovation. That's how you get more conversation. You get more people talking about, you know, the problem and generating the solution. And, uh, but, but ultimately if, if everyone is afraid to admit that, Hey, I, I'm not the smartest man in the, in the room, yeah. um, you're never going to get there. And so for me, um, you know, I think it's important to say, to be able to say, um, hey, I, don't, I just don't know. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know. And or, you know, I'm not the guy for that. You yeah. know, I'm not that, you know, there's there's somebody other else that's better than me. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, you know, maybe I shouldn't lead this effort or, or whatever it may be. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's that's super it's something that's just not natural in the 75th right because you go through all your selections and stuff and you don't ever want to say i can't you know i can't do this but as you become a leader it empowers others around you when you say i don't know the answer to that but i know this person does and you use it so it's something that's not natural to us in the organization uh we use it probably in the 75th more than we realize we just don't call it vulnerability because it has a little bit of a stigma around it but uh right. it, yeah. it, it's a very powerful word and a, and a powerful use in, in in leadership and uh going to your army service uh you joined the army you joined the 75th was uh did you know that's what you wanted to do um did you know anything about the organization before you came what what led you to the army and then the, the 75th overall yes yeah, so 
so I would, I, I would assume they were probably like around the same age. So for me, 9-11 was my junior year in high school. Uh, my uncle was a longtime SEAL. He, he had served, we actually served together um, at, but he oh, had wow. maybe been the SEAL teams for like 15 years around, you know, when 9-11 happened. And so I had never thought about joining the military really until 9-11. Right. Um, and then when that, when, when that happened, I was like, no, I feel like I need to do my part. What my uncle does is really cool. I wouldn't mind like joining the Navy and going to buds. And so, uh, my high school had what's called, we called it our senior project. And essentially what, what that was is you went for three weeks and shadowed kind of whatever, in whatever business, uh, or industry you thought that you wanted to go into, um, post-college. And so I, I like went out to Norfolk, me and a buddy. We hung out with my uncle for three weeks. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, we actually went to Neil Roberts' uh, uh, memorial. Um, and again, I didn't even know. I didn't, I, had, I did not put together the significance of that. Right. You know, when I was in high school. Um, but anyway, he drowned us for like three weeks <laughs> in the pool. And I was like, you know, I want to do this. But I don't want to. But I like to breathe. And so, um, so I, I told him I was like, "Hey, you know, I want to join the Marines." And he was like, "You're not going to join the Marines. You're going to join the Army, and you're either going to." This was like when the 18 X-ray program was brand new. He was just, he was like, "You're either going to join the 18 X-ray, or you're going to join Ranger Regiment." And if you remember, like around that time frame was the was. Probably like most, I were probably like a lot of us that were that age had saw Black Hawk Down. Yeah. And I was like, well, I don't know anything about SF, but I saw Black Hawk Down. So I'm going to go to, I, I want to do that. Yeah. And, and so that's kind of what led me to the Ranger Regiment. And so I, I, I joined with a uh, option 40 contract. So I, I went, you know, to the straight yeah. to high, from high school to airborne school. I broke my leg in airborne school, so I took a little, uh, a little break in there in airborne hold, and then and then straight to it. So, so I mean, we're probably very anybody who's a private coming in the range regiment. You don't know the impact that that place is going to have on you after you spend 15 years in a place like that, and it has an impact, you know, beyond my family, my my leadership. My, I mean, it's it's huge. Um, what was your time like in the 75th? What impact did it have on you as a leader and a person? And what do you still kind of look back on today and use? Yeah, I think, you know, for me, like, and, th and this is why transition is so hard. I think, especially for guys that spend, you know, as long as we have in the organization, because that was my adulthood, my adult, literally, like I grew up in the Ranger and, um, and I spent my whole adult life, you know, from 18 yeah. to, you know, 37 years old in the Ranger. And I mean, think about all of, I mean, you know, but think about all of the life lessons that you learn from 18 years old to 37 years old. Yeah. And that was through the lens for me of the Ranger. And, uh, and so, um, I mean, I would almost say like, you know, from my, you know, from after 18 years old, like the Ranger Regiment raised me. Right. And, and, um, 
And so it's had an incredible impact on my life. Um, you know, both good and bad. Right. You know, I think that it's uh, we've all had really great days in the Ranger Regiment. We've all, we've all had really crappy days in, in the Ranger Regiment. Um, and so, you know, for me, it, and, and for a lot of us, like that just was, we'll look back on our, our, our adult, you know, our, our, our middle kind of young adult life and, 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 and say, that's, this is how we got to where we are. Right. Um, because of the, of the red. Yeah. And I agree. I think a lot of people lose sight on that. The regiment or the army as a whole, but specifically the regiment, cause that's what we know it, it impacts beyond, you know, the company coughs or the company area. It, it helps you be a better husband and father right. and, you know, all that. If you use the same tools in there, did you have the same, the same thought on that? Oh yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think, you know, for me, um, as far as a husband and, and, and a father is concerned, you know, I kind of learned through, what not to do first and then, okay, well, how do I adjust, yeah. you know, fire and, 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 but I mean, I, I think, you know, the Ranger taught me how to be a man right. first and foremost. And so I think, um, you know, for, for me, who I was as a man, you know, impacts who I am as a father and who I am as, as a husband. And so that growth path, um, you know, went through the Ranger Regiment. I, I mean, I've, I've learned, you know, how to be vulnerable right. uh, in the Ranger Regiment. I learned how to deal with hardship, um, how to uh, manage my time, how to, I mean, all of that stuff that you learn, yeah. um, you know, we just did it through, you know, the regiment. Yeah. Um, and so I think, you know, for sure, of course, like it, you know, I, and, I, and I would say like, you know, almost everything that I am today has at least been impacted in some way by my time in the Ranger Regiment and the people that I met through the Ranger Regiment and, and, and you know, really just about my overall experience. Yeah, and I think uh, being in the an organization like the 75th where you constantly have new people coming in that are young, 18 years old, you stay culturally aligned, like you understand where the generations are coming and where they're going. And when people are throwing right. on everybody under the bus and saying, you know, these kids are worthless and this group is that it's, it's really, it's not like that at all. As we all know, it's mostly incumbent on that leader who's saying that is probably not, not a good leader. And uh, we, that's a unique thing in the military is you are, are always in, you know, what the cult, the, what's changing in culture. Cause that's what's coming in the military. Right. Um, it's a tough question for you to ask. I'm sure, you know, of all those days in uniform in the 75th, all those deployments, all that time gone, you know, I remember one of the last times visiting well, overseas was visiting you in the, in the hospital, I guess, right after you got shot, um, which ultimately, you know, was a kind of led to the, um, you know, MEB process, which we'll discuss in a minute, but what was that most challenging day or those hardest days or those days, you know, you don't miss at all or, or something that you look back on that was just, you know, you're glad you don't have to relive that, that day uh, yeah. in uniform. You know, um, I always put like the day that I got shot is like, it's like down there. I right? know, it's, yeah. not, it's not up there as in like, and I knew you'd say that. Days. Yes. Um, you know, I really, I, I, I think I have two, um, the, the, the most challenging day, you know, for me, just as a, as a person was when ski, uh, was killed in 2007. So he was my best friend. Yeah. 
Um, you know, he was killed in blood. Uh, you know, that just really just as a human being, that has been one of my toughest days. Um, but, you know, as a leader, I would say one of my toughest days was so as as you know, I, I went and spent some time in Hawaii. Oh, yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, in the 25th is my uh, man, I'm mind like, well, I don't even what was it called? Our charter, charter time. time. Your charter yeah, time. Yeah. Charter, right, yeah. Um, and so, you know, I, 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 had, I, I got over there and I was like, I'm going to teach, you know, I'm super excited. I'm going to teach these guys how to shoot and how to do, um, and, 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 you know, how to just be an elite, you know, lethal fighting force. And I was, I was super excited to do that. And, um, and so I got, you know, I got on the ground. I, I was, I was, I thought we were doing really well. I was super excited. And about two, three months into, um, that experience, you know, we did a 360 assessment for the company and I had naively kind of thought like, Oh, we're just going to get like the guys love it. Right. right? Yeah. there, It's going <laughs> to be, um, you know, this, it's going to come back and it's going to say, we're like, we're on the path. There's of course, there's always like slight tweaks that you have to make, but you know, that we're, you know, ultimately that we're going where we need to go. And that was what I thought. Um, <laughs> And when I, when I, when I got the results back, when we got the results back for that, um, it, it was the, it probably was like the worst day of like, as a leader, you know, like feeling like a failure because the, the, uh, like bottom line is the guys weren't happy. Right. Um, and it took me it was like a kick in the nuts, right? It was like, man, you know, he thought that you were going to come in here and, and essentially say, all right, guys, let's like, you know, let, let's take this hill. Right. And, uh, and, and, and ultimately, you know, what it was is you, I was trying to imprint what I, like my perception of what that company should be um, without their input. Right. Um, of course you need. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. Um, so, but you know, it was, it was a great leadership lesson that I got to learn the hard way. Um, but as far as, you know, but it, was, it also sucked, you right? Know, it, was, it was a hard moment because it's like, man, you, you really feel like, wow, you didn't, you didn't knock this out of the ballpark, even though you should have. Right. And, uh, and, and so that was tough, but I, I also think, you know, it also led to, you know, not trying to jump your, you know, the next question here, but it would also led to one of the best dates, right? Yeah. Because once, you know, for me, it was like, okay, well, shit, what do we need? What, what, do, what do we need to do? Because this, that we can't, this, we can't continue down this path. Right. Um, and so what we did was uh, we brought everyone around and I'm not sure if you saw this document or not, but I brought the company together. We took like three months and wrote that we wrote this 160 page tax out. And it was how we were going to operate as a company, but it wasn't driven for me. It wasn't top down driven. It was like, it was because, the, you know, I, I realized like, Hey, I got to get by. Right. You know, I think that's the thing. Like I can't, you know, the bottom line is this company doesn't want to be, you know, structured off of the range. Right. <laughs> you know, 
and uh, and that that's just not who who we are as you know Comanche company and 25th ID. So who do we who, like? What is our culture? What do we want our culture to be? What you know? Where do we want to go? How do we want to get there? And ultimately, it couldn't come from me. It had to come from the guys. And uh, and so you know, fast forward six months past my worst day was my was probably one of my best days. Right. And, you know, when that had flipped and it's because, again, it was it was it was led by the people in the organization, not, you know, from, you know, the the, the leadership, which it just can't. You can't drive culture. I mean, it, you if I learned a good lesson where culture is you always need the top to push culture, but it can't be driven and built from the top. It's right. got to be, in, you know, internally produced and then and then emulated and, and reinforced. Yeah. So when you guys made that document, was that the first one of its kind for that, that company or you were revising an old one? So it was, it was completely new. Um, yeah, which, which was cool. You know, I, it, it was one of those things where it morphed probably like, I could have never guessed what it would have become. I mean, essentially it was like a little ranger handbook that, I still got, I got a call uh, the other day from Ty Smardessi, who's my XO when I was in RFC. He was like, Hey, remember that, that, that tax stop? Can you, can you send it to me? Um, and so, you know, for me, it was just, a, it, it, it was a super proud moment for the boys because yeah. I just think like what they produced, you know, was, was it, I mean, we, we won. So my, my proudest day was, you know, again, that fast forward that six months, you know, passed every single. So my weapon squad and this was a brigade. Um, this was a brigade competition and my weapon squads came in first, second and third. Oh, nice. And in the whole brigade. And it was because, um, again, it wasn't Dave White telling them how weapon squad, you know, how, what the gun line should look like. It was, uh, you know, all the guys saying, hey, this is how we want to do it. Yeah. Yeah, because they yeah they had ownership of it, right? So they wanted yeah. they wanted to do it right because it wasn't something you were telling them to do. Yeah, so right. I mean that's that is kind of part of, that is the next question, but that, it also second in that is kind of uh, from my personal like when I hear a CH forty seven that just kind of takes me back. Is there anything that you know just happens or uh, you know events or stuff that you look back on and just you know wish you could do that again? Yeah. Well, yeah, for sure. I mean, there's nothing that beats, you know, riding, um, you know, doors open on a 60, yeah. um, you know, flying to target with your boys. Uh, and, uh, you know, I go back to like moments I miss and, you know, things that, uh, you know, that, that I'll, that I'll never experience again, but, right. but, you know, or some of the, you know, most fondest memories, I guess, uh, it would, it would be that yeah. I'm sure. Um, you know, because even like, you know, of course I like, I, you know, I enjoyed, you know, the free fall aspect and all that stuff, but you can, I can go skydive, yeah. um, you know, down in Ashland, Ohio, but I'm never going to be riding a target in the middle of nowhere, you know, uh, under nods, you know, flying to, you know, obscure corner of the, uh, of the world with, with, with all your good buddies. Yeah. And, uh. So that, that's, that's definitely a component that, you know, if I could take a time machine, you know, and go back and do, I definitely would. Yeah. I, I always said, tell guys, I'd, 
cut my toe. I give you my pinky toe for one more X, X right. infill, you know, with on a, on a 60 or 47. So, yeah. you know, I think we all kind of look back on that stuff and there's little triggers and things that are in the environment that bring back the good memories of it. Um, right. We spoke about your transition. You kind of like the happened before you were ready, you know, before you hit that 20 year mark uh, and you fought yeah. hard to get back to a level that was, you know, that you felt was good enough to continue service. Um, let's just talk a little bit about your transition first, the MEB process and any of the lessons learned that you have in there. Cause we know there's a lot of people that are in that process now, as we're cu- closing out 20 years in Afghanistan, there's a lot of broken yeah. guys that are, uh, punching out and they're using the MEB as part of that process, which they rightfully should, cause they earned it. So anything you yeah. got from, from that, you know, while you're still in uniform and, and transitioning out? Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, it, for me, it was. You know, I remember the exact moment when I was like, I just can't this. I can't do this. You know, I, I feel super fortunate that I did get to go over again after I got hurt. I think that was like more. My, my wife was not happy. <laughs> I bet. That, yeah. really. <laughs> but um, but I did get to leave on my feet, which I feel super fortunate about. You know, I think, um, you know, a lot of guys don't have that opportunity after they get hurt. And uh, I think for my mental health, that was you yeah. know, a critical component. But I, I remember being on, on target and, um, and, and I just, I wasn't the same Dave. Right. And I think that was, that's what was like, you know, I, I, I can't, I can't do this anymore. Not only for me, my family, but, but also for the boys, like they deserve, um, you know, somebody that's a hundred percent, somebody that, that, and, and that just, that just wasn't me anymore. Um, so, I mean, man, I, uh, that is the toughest decision I've ever made in my life. Right. Um, and I think that for guys that are, that are thinking about, you know, whether that's a path or not, I feel like, and you know, Ray and I had a lot of discussion about this, but if you're thinking about that, then most likely it is, it's the right path because it wouldn't have crossed your mind if, it, right. if you know, if, if it wasn't. Um, but as I transitioned, you know, um, I think that it's not just the physical, you know, stuff, it's the mental health stuff too. I, yeah. I think, um, yeah, I mean, it's, hard, it's tough to talk about, you it know, is, but, yeah. but I, I think that too many of us have neglected that aspect for so long that it, that's, it's. 100% has to be part of that MEV process is addressing, you know, your health from a holistic standpoint, not just physical, but mental. Um, because, you know, the transition process is hard. And if you're not in a good kind of mental health state, it's going to get a lot tougher. Yeah. You know, the, and, and so how, you know, I think for guys that are looking at the process, it's, Hey, hey, you got to address everything, the whole person, not just, you know, you know, for me, it, it wasn't just my hip and my back. It was, it, it was, you know, Dave White and, um, you know, all the stuff that we shoved down, you yeah. know, for, for the 20 years, yep. for 20 years. And, and you're about to, you know, go through this time where you're like, well, who am I as a person? You know, my, what's my identity? You know, my identity has been associated with the Ranger Regiment for so long. Um and if you're going to, I feel like, you know, if you're going to successfully navigate that, um, 
then you have to be in a good kind of mental health space. And, and, and the time to start addressing that is, is certainly during the MEB process, you know, ideally much, much way sooner, before, yeah. <laughs> way before, but, it, but that's, it's a component that you can't miss during that process because it's just so important. Yeah. I'm glad you bring that up because it is weird. You know, when you, you're part of a team, your whole, you know, 17 years, 21 years in my aspect, but then kind of when you decide to transition, you kind of go out on an Island and it's yeah. not the organization's fault. It's not, it's because the organization has to keep going and you have other priorities to start taking care of. So right. when you can't push those emotions down anymore, uh, your head starts playing. I mean, it start, you start thinking about stuff. It's in, inevitable, you know, you start reflecting on those 20 years and some of that stuff hurts and you've put it away because you were able to deploy and, you know, right. distract yourself from it with the training or with the, with the guys or, or whatever it was. So I think you're right. Getting yourself mentally right is probably just as just as important, maybe even a little bit more important than your physical, your stuff. Right. Cause, cause it, the mental, I think everything, when I, we've all seen it, when somebody spirals out of control, it starts with the mental problem, not usually the physical problem, right? The mental aspect compounds the physical um, difficulties that they're already having. So um, I asked this to Ray yesterday and I just curious your take on it. When you finally, you know, I'm going to, you're in the MEB process. Was it harder for, you know, you as a Newton wearing fast running Dave White to say, I'm going to medically be discharged from the military or was it harder to finally admit it to, to other people? Yeah. I, you know, I think, I think it was much harder to admit to others. Because I think, like, internally I knew. I yeah. knew that it was time for me to move on. But, um, you know, so I was actually, I, I remember the exact moment. I was It was actually Ray who I was talking to. We were at the gym um, at RSTB. And uh, he was like, hey, Dave, like, what's going on, man? And, and I was like, dude, I'm, I'm just, like, <laughs> my hip is killing me, man. Yeah. I just, it, and he was like, dude, it like what are you doing like are you and i think you know internally i knew like it, it was time for me to to start the next chapter but I, I couldn't tell anybody that i didn't i went because when i admitted that to when i when well when i you know i went home and had a long talk with my wife after that conversation with ray yeah. um but i remember talking to you know sergeant major donaldson then and uh and you know, once it became, you know, once, once you talk to him and then you talk to, to your peers and, you know, you're then, then it's real. Right. Yeah. Then, and, and really like you're on the train, you're on the train then yep. at, at that point, um, you know, internally I knew that, but it was, I feel like telling other people is that kind of proverbial next step that yeah. you, you really can't take back. Yeah, that's true. And I think, I mean, it's the same for just regular retirement, right? Um, I had this, when you go tell the RSM or your battalion sergeant major, hey, I'm going to retire out after you've been a successful first sergeant, like, well, it's a, that's a hard conversation. And then when you literally see your name come off of that senior Manning board, like right. I can only imagine like being at an NFL draft as a kid and then seeing your name drop off because they find out you have some obscure injury. Like it's, it's real. Then, you know, you're not on there anymore. You're not. Right. Uh, yeah. And now yeah, the, you always have that, like okay, well, you know, maybe I can, you know, all right, well, 
I'll just compete and see what happens. Yeah. And then, and it, but once you then, and, and then decline, you know, yep. either competing or decline, you know, you know, the next rank or whatever. And it's like, okay, well, you know, now, like now I'm on that, you know, like the momentum's already moving in yeah. that direction yeah. and there's no going back. Yeah. And it, it all goes back to that mental aspect. Like you're talking about preparing early, having those candid conversations with the, the, your wife or your kids, if they're older and uh, yeah. preparing yourself mentally visualizing all that stuff. It all sounds cliche, but it really does. It does. It does help. Mm -hmm. And so the transition as a whole, if you're looking at the transition, you know, MEB or aside from the MEB, what, uh, what do you wish you would have done different or what would you tell somebody that I, I didn't do this? I wish I had before you separated. Yeah. You know, I think that for me, it's, I wish I would have prepared more for what I wanted to do. I didn't know what I wanted to do. And I think, you know, for me, because I, you know, I retired a little bit earlier than I had thought. I, I, I don't know if I really even thought about what I wanted to do after like post army, yeah. post army was always kind of like, conceptual right in nature and then at some point i'll get out and when i do get out i'll you know i'm sure before i do i'll, I'll think about what i want to do you know with when i grow up um and i had always you know i think that there's this misconception out there and, and i don't i don't i mean it's not malicious um by 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 no stretch of the imagination but 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 i do think that there's kind of this false conception or perception out there that hey you were, you know, a leader in the special operations world for a long time. You know, you're going to, you've had all, all these experience, you have all this leadership training that you're going to go out into the corporate world and smash it right away. Everyone's, you're going to throw out your resume and everyone's going to, you know, want to hire you. Yeah. And um, honestly, like that is, that's the mindset that I went into the, labor force with i threw my resume out there and i was like okay i'm gonna get all these bites and uh you know for me i went through the special operators transition foundation i, I think you you went through the honor foundation yeah. right and and i and actually bill Kiefer uh yeah. lives right by me and so we we talk quite a bit um and, and he's helped me mentor me through kind of this transition you know into the professional world but i, I didn't you know i I didn't even think about an MBA. I didn't think about, you know, some professional certifications like, like uh, Six Sigma and, you know, uh, PMP and all that stuff. Um, because I thought that, well, you know, I'm, I'm a leader. I've been, you know, what am I going to do when I get out? Well, I'm going to be a leader. Right. That's what I'm going to do. And, uh, and, and so when I went into the, my, I literally, and, and I was lucky. So I, I, my wife's, um, cousin is a city manager of one of, you know, a city that that's kind of near us. And, uh, so he had introduced me to a lot of people like, uh, so I remember I talked to the CEO of, the, of one of the big hospital systems here and he was like, well, I mean, yeah, you sound, I, I don't necessarily know what your resume says, but mm -hmm. you sound like a competent dude. Let me, um, introduce you to our HR director. And so I, I talked to, she's actually on the board. Uh, of the organization I run now. Um, she's, she's on my board, so I joke <laughs> no. all the time about it. Um, but she asked me, like, well, what do you want to do? And I was like, uh, I don't know. Like, what do you got for me? <laughs> <laughs> and, I mean, that was my mindset. Yeah. And, 
and which is not, which is, which, which, you know, so for me, my, my advice to, to myself and, and honestly to, you know, guys that are, that are, you know, for me, the NBA was the right path. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I went and got my uh, black belts and lean six Sigma and some, you know, so, so that was the right route for me. That's not necessarily the right route for everyone, but, but what I will say is that that isn't the environment that you're going to walk into most likely. And right. so, you know, what do you, what do you want to do? And then how do you translate your resume based on what the corporate world or the private sector, wherever you're going to pursue, what do they recognize as success? And then how do you pursue that? Because what that does is gives, it gives credibility to all the things you've done in, in the past. So right. like for, you know, if you want to say like project management, you know, for example, well, like they're going to look at your resume and they're not going to know what it says. And they're not going to be able to even relate to the projects that you managed. No. Even if you say like, Hey, I did, you know, X amount of, you know, I led, you know, 10, $10 million projects in whatever. They're, they're not going to necessarily understand that. But what they do understand is PMP and <laughs> MBA lean six. And so, if you have those certifications that they recognize, then they'll, they'll be able to look back at your resume and say, okay, now I, there's some credibility to everything that you've done. I can, I can, I can conceptualize it in my head because I know, because I understand the certification and now I can go back and say, okay, now I, now I get what you, what you did. Yeah. And so I wish that I would have started that process a lot earlier because I was, I felt like I was playing catch up. Yeah. And after that conversation with Jody and she was like, well, dude, I, if you don't know what you want to do, then I certainly don't know what you want to do. And so, yeah. you know, nice that, talking to you. Yeah. So. That's the, uh, um, like I've noticed that in some of the interviews and stuff I've talked to, because I think it's just, a, it's a part of being an infantryman in the 75th because they can, every other MOS, they kind of have, you know, they're a communications guy or they're the, the S their intelligence guy. You, it's one day you're a platoon sergeant. The next day the sergeant major says, you're the, you're the air team. And you're just like, okay, yeah. I'm the air team. Right. Or you go be a weapon squad leader, or you go run a three shop, or you go be the schools NCO. Uh, right. So we're just used to like, well, I don't know, what do you got for me? And you exactly. and you just knock it out of the park, and that doesn't work with them. They don't understand that, right? right. <laughs> she, yeah. she, you could probably been given any job in that place and crushed it within six months because that's just kind of yeah, what we cool. do. But they don't understand right. that. That's not something that they're they're accustomed to on right. the other side of the on the other side of the uniform. So, uh, yeah, absolutely. And, yep. and so I think yeah, it's 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 like okay, so setting that, giving yourself the opportunity to then, because once you're in the door, then the you know, it's pretty evident, I think, that we can translate our experiences into progress and into productivity. And, um, but giving yourself the opportunity to get in the door, I think, is yeah. And so, you know, how do we set our guys up for success? So when they do get out, they have the credibility to get in the door because, you know, having special operations on your resume, while is, is great, is, isn't necessarily the ticket. Yeah. Um, unless you have some other stuff to back it up. Right. Yeah. That's a uh, great points. So, and when you're looking back at your military service, you know, the hindsight 2020, um, any regrets? You know, I don't think so. I, th I think that there's definitely tough times or definitely tough lessons. I definitely didn't do everything right. But at the same time, I think that um, I wouldn't be, 
where I am today. Um, you know, if I wouldn't have gone on the journey that I did, yeah, um, good and bad. Uh, you know, I, I think I can, you know, confidently say that I'm living where I want to with, you know, a beautiful family, a loving wife, you know, great kids, uh, a good job. Um, and I don't know if I'd be in this spot right now, you know, had my journey, you know, have been different, you know, again, good or bad. Right. Um, you know, I think, you know, I think even to back to getting hurt, you know, um, you know, of course, like it wasn't necessarily fun. And yeah, if I, you know, if I could say like, well, yeah, I would guess I wish I wouldn't have gotten shot, but at the same time, it's given me a whole new perspective on life that, yeah. um, I think is, is pretty cool. And so, you know, while not necessarily a great experience, I don't, I don't know if I go back and change it because, um, you know, I, I tell, you know, people that like, yeah, I was like a fairly decent runner, but like, I actually like, didn't like to run, you know, like I didn't like, I just like to compete. Right. And so like, you know, I like to like be first yeah, you like, did. and, but I didn't necessarily enjoy it. And, uh, I remember it took it, it, it my journey back to running has taken me a really long time because I thought, well, if I can't run an eight minute mile or sub eight, then I shouldn't be running. Right. I'm not ready. Yep. You know? Um, but I was running maybe, I don't know, nine months ago or so. And I was like running in the, and over the river and, uh, I was about to stop. Cause I was like, well, I'm starting to hurt. And like, um, I am not being able to, I can't run a sub eight right now. So yeah, why am I doing this? And, uh, but anyway, dude, it was just, it was, it was the most perfect morning. Um, you know, beautiful sunset. And I'm like, you know what? Like I wouldn't be out here, you know, to see this and, and just like clear my brain. And if I, if it wasn't for running, so like, and it changed my whole perspective. And now like, I mean, I don't run a sub eight yeah. <laughs> very rarely, uh, but I, but I, it gave me a whole new love for running because it's like, let's just being out there, right. being out there, you know, moving, getting to see, you know, getting up early in the morning and being able to kind of do your thing. And, uh, and again, I wouldn't, I don't know if I'd have that if I wouldn't, have gotten hurt right. or gotten on the journey that I did. So, yeah, that's a great outlook on life and, and everything there. So I always talk about it. You probably heard it transitions, a team sport, I think, you know, from the group of mentors that you, you have. And then yeah. if you're a family man, your family's got to be part of that. So how did the transition and moving back up to Ohio and all that work uh, with the family? You know, I mean, we, my, I think my wife, we literally live, I'm looking at my in-laws house right now. Oh out the out my office window um and so we live uh across the street from louis parents the kids can go over and i mean they hang out with they're, they're literally you know are growing up with their grandparents which is awesome yeah that's good so you know it's been good but again you know i think for me because the transition was a struggle i mean like again i i, lo I felt like i lost you know who i was my identity um you know my tribe uh, and so, you know, my family went and, and, uh, and quite honestly, they're still going on that journey with me. And so yeah. it's not, you know, why most days are, are good. You know, they're still, it's still difficult. And, you know, my family is on that journey with me. And so there's good days and bad, but, uh, you know, I think ultimately we're where, we're where we need to be. And, 
you know, I, I, I think, you know, that's all, that's all that we can ask for. Yeah. You bring up a good point there that I've kind of been thinking about personally the last few days is we look at transition as that you transition out, you move somewhere, you get a job and then the transition's over. Um, right. I kind of think the transition is going to be part of my life yeah, until absolutely. forever. Uh, I don't think we can go through the things that we have gone through and seeing the things that we saw and just, you know, in a six in a year and call it transition complete, you know? So, uh, I think that's a really, really good point. And at part of that transition, you, we, you spoke about, you went and got your MBA. Um, how did you find your time in the military, the regiment and the MBA, you know, working together, opposing one another? How did that all work? How, how, what was your experience with it? Yeah. You know, i I loved my time, you know, for us. So the, the, the executive MBA program, as you know, like it's just, it's, it's such a smaller cohort. And so there is almost that team aspect that you kind of experience in, in the regiment. I mean, my class size was like 24, I think. Oh, wow. Um, and so we built, you know, like really great relationships. I, I think that are quite honestly, like I'll probably talk, you know, to some people in my class for the rest of my life. Um, and so that, that part was really cool to kind of, you know, build, you know, the Ranger Regiment and, and will always be my tribe. Right. right but, yeah. you know, I'll, I'll also have, and we're, but we'll also build new tribes. Right. I think, um, you know, the, the MBA process allowed me to do that. But, you know, I walked into the classroom for the first, that was my first time in a real classroom ever, you yeah. know, and I walked into uh ohio state and in my class it was the uh the chief of surgery for ohio state's cancer center um just a world famous brain surgeon the you know marketing guru from johnson and johnson i mean just incredible professional careers and i'm like <laughs> i've never even literally i've never even been in a college classroom i'm gonna get crushed in this. and um but i think you know the work ethic that that guys like us build that that we have to build you yeah. know to be successful in, in the regiment just sets us up for success period i mean and, and I, I don't think necessarily give ourselves enough credit for all the intellectual work that we do in the regiment i mean it's tough like yeah. it's not just tough physically but it's tough um you know from an intellectual standpoint i mean I remember like looking just, just think about some of the math you did when oh, you were yeah. trying when you were building charges, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> or like, but I, or just solving complex problems. Yeah. And, um, and so it was not that it was easy, but it was much easier than I had thought that it was going to be. Like I felt like I fit right in, you know, after the first, uh, you know, week or two in the program. It's like okay, I can hang with these guys. Yeah. And 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 girls and. Um, and so I, I loved it, but I, and then I, but and then I also think that, you know, it for me because I'm I entered kind of the corporate, you know, business world. It was a language that I felt I needed to understand. Not that a lot of the concepts were vastly different. I mean, there were some that were, um, but it, but it was a new language, and I felt like I needed to understand it to be successful. Um, and again, I don't think you know that's just one route that I took, but I think you know for guys that transition it's like okay well what language do you need to learn yeah you know whether it's business whether it's you know marketing whether it's uh entrepreneurship wh whatever it may be whatever you want to go do and uh but go learn that language yeah um and put just as much effort as you did into being successful 
leader in range regiment, as in being successful in whatever you decide to do, um, you know, post army. Yeah, I think that's a um, big problem. We just don't see ourselves in those classrooms with those types of people, they say. And then everybody I've talked to uh, that has done that got an executive MBA from a high level university said they fit in, they fit in better than they thought because it was still, right. it was like the same kind of personality, high performers yeah. uh, trying to do better and you, you fit in better than you thought. Um, mm -hmm. And I, I just, you're the first person I've talked to about the, that went to Ohio State. Um, and I've heard from other MBA executives specifically that the professors are there to help you. And I know yeah. some people have relationships with their professors years after they leave. They still call them and ask for advice. Did you kind of have this? They wanted you to succeed when you got in there? Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, I think the the cool part about being part, you know, and I, I can't speak for any different types of MBA programs or, or graduate degrees in, in general, but the cool part of, of executive education is that again, it's smaller and way more expensive also, so <laughs> right. you, so, but you, you're getting what you pay for as okay. far as one, the level of education, but two, the level of involvement that your professors have. So for example, I'm working on a project right now um, where, I'm, where I'm trying to do a study to figure out, and this is for work, but how do, like, where, where are kids going after they graduate high school? Yeah. Because right now there's, you know, not to get into kind of nerd talk, but 85% in our kind of region are not graduating college after, um, you know, six years. Hmm. So in the interim, um, in six years, 85% have not graduated college after, oh, wow. that, after that time frame. So where are they going? You know, I'm in the, I'm in the workforce, you know, space. Yeah. And, um, but so I, but I talked, I, you know, uh, what, what I, I, I called my data analytics professor up and was like, Hey, what assets can I get access to? Like, how, how do I, how do I structure a study in order to be able to kind of figure out some of this info and what questions should I be, even be asking? And he's working, you know, on me or working with me on this project. And again, it's because, um, these professors, uh, you, be, because it's 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 much more of an intimate setting they just want you to be successful yeah and then and then like they i mean quite honestly he also thinks it's cool and so he's like hey i want to work on this also so how do we you know this is a great problem to solve and um but i i don't necessarily know if if you're going to get that in if your class is 200 people right you know and, you have, and you're you have a bunch of different professors i mean the, th the other part is you know we had a very small cohort of professors also so we got to know them on a personal level and they got to know us on a personal level. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's, that's great insight for anybody out there curious in the executive MBA thing. I think it fits more of us than we realize, but there's guys yeah. like me or we're just scared to do it. Right. Yeah. Uh, well, but, and I'll, I'll say also is, is a lot of executive education programs are looking for guys like us. Yeah. Um, because they want that different perspective. I mean, not that, I mean, there's not that, you know, successful doctors and surgeons and business leaders aren't, but they also want perspective, you know, from, from, from guys that have led, you know, on high performing teams and high levels of stress and, you know, different, but that have different experiences. Yeah. Um, and, and we fit that bill. And um, so I applied and this isn't tooting my own horn. This is more of, this is that this is a testament that they're looking for, but I applied to Michigan, Emory and Ohio state and got in all three of their executive MBA programs. Um, and it's because those programs are looking for yeah. 
for for guys like us. Yeah. And and they're, they're quite honestly they're reaching out. They want they want to know like, hey Dave, um, you know if you have anybody that wants that that wants to go to Ohio State, like let us know. Like connect me. And and it's much more because it's such a smaller community. There's more of that personal like, hey, if you want to go to Ohio State, I'll call you know I'll call the director and yeah. and like you know let's have a conversation. Um, but, uh, but yeah, you're right. 100%. They, they want high performing leaders that have performed in complex environments. And, you know, it just so happens that most of our guys get that bill. Yeah. We did that for, for, for a while. <laughs> right. Um, uh, you, you mentioned it a little bit there, but what are you doing now? What's, uh, what's your daily now? What's it look like? What's, what are you up to? Yeah. So I, uh, I, I'm the director of, it's, it's an organization called Fireless War, but it's, it's essentially a workforce development, collaborative, think uh, like economic development, but, but for workforce. But we look at workforce through that lens. A small organization, small team um, that you know is trying to solve a very complex problem. And so, you know, again, you go back to well, what, have we, what have we done for you know our whole adult life? Right. And it's you know very similar, just solving a different problem. Yeah. Um, but it's awesome because again, it's, it's, it's something that, you know, allows me to follow my passion and working in small team environments and, 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 and helping a, a solving issues and coming up with solutions and, um, you know, having an impact in my area, but it also gives me the free time to, um, you know, take my kids to school and, you know, get home early and go out on the boat or, yeah. you know, whatever it may be. Right. And so I think, that that freedom um, to shape our lives how we want um, I, I, is there. Yeah. You know, that's that's another you know thing that I'd love to articulate to you know those of us that are. You know, I think I love what you say about transition. Isn't it's it, it is a lifelong thing. Yeah. But you know, for guys that are about to go through transition or going through transition now, it's what do you want your life to look like? And, and you, you drive how you shape it. Yeah. Um, and if, you know, you can, if you want to work 80 hours a week, um, then, then you can do that. If you want to, um, you know, drive your schedule and work in a job that gives you the freedom to do that, then, then you can also do that. Yeah. Um, you know, if you want to, if you want to create your own business, you can do that. So, so, and, and I think, you know, we have the largest, the, the army in general has the largest alumni network, you know, in, in, in the world, really. Yeah. And how do we all help each other, you know, build and drive our lives um, to, so we can shape them how we want. Yeah. That's a great point. We're, I don't think we're very good at it personally in the army, you know, we're, yeah. we're getting better, I think. Um, yeah. So to, to land the plane here, to close it out, I'll ask the question I ask of everybody is if you could go back to that private first class, private white, um, what advice would you give him before, you know, about life, about service? You know, I think, I think my biggest piece of advice to myself would be that time is a commodity that you can never get back mm -hmm. and, you know, enjoy the moment. <laughs> I think so often we take things for granted. Yeah. I know that I, that, that I did, you know, in my career and that, and, at the end of the day, it's all going to end someday. Yeah. And um, so enjoy, you know, be present, live in the moment and, um, and, and try to be your best self 
you know, every day, because I think uh, there is definitely time when I just, I took being a Ranger regiment and being surrounded by, you know, some of my best friends every day uh, for granted. Yeah. And uh, you know, it all comes to an end at some point. And, and so, you know, enjoy, enjoy and live in the moment. Um, yeah, I, I, I couldn't agree more. Uh, good luck telling 18 year old and 18 year old Dave and Yuma to enjoy the moment we were enjoying, you know, the hour back then, but, uh, uh, you're right. absolutely right. And it's, what's important is guys like you and Ray and stuff saying that now, cause I didn't hear that a lot from my leaders was enjoy the moment and stop and smell the roses. I usually heard do pushups or climb the rope. <laughs> so, right. uh, uh, yeah, great advice. Great seeing you. You look great. I'm gl glad you're finding all the success you richly deserve out there. Uh, thanks for coming on the show. For everybody listening, make sure you like, share, um, subscribe, do all that good stuff. And if you're, uh, I'm sure Dave wouldn't mind having a conversation with you if you're curious about the Ohio area and going and get an MBA up there. So he's on LinkedIn. You can you can reach out to him. So just thanks again, Dave. It's great seeing you. Yeah, thanks, Yuma. Yeah, appreciate it.